Why is radio bad? Because they're nerds. Hello, and welcome to Elevating the Genre, episode 35. We are your co-hosts. I am Christopher Morrison, and that amazing man over there is... Tom, uh, hi. He's also sometimes spectacular and occasionally has a web as well. Um, mm -hmm. And we are here to talk about all things that make smart, geeky stuff actually smart and mostly geeky. Yes, Tom, what are you going to throw in there? Oh, just that you're sensational, Chris. Uh, you are you, sensational. Sir. Thank you. And you're an amazing friend. Ah, isn't that nice? See, we like these things. Uh, today, guess what we're going to talk about? That's right. I'm sure that you smart people out there have already figured out. We are talking about the old Spidey Man. Um, but first, before we get into uh, everybody's favorite web slinger, uh, we are going to jump into our regular first segment, which, we're, which we call What's Elevating Our Genre, where we turn you on to what we think is smart and cool currently out in the geeky world. Uh, I believe I went last time, Dom. You, uh, I went first last time. I mean, uh, Dom, you want to toss out there <laughs> first, what you but... well, first time. Uh, well, elevating my genre this week, uh, it's the 20th anniversary of... Radiohead's OK Computer album. Uh -huh. That's uh, it was came out in 1997, and uh, they're uh, re-releasing an extended version this year called uh, OK Not OK, which I think is a clever pun on Sorry Not Sorry or something with some extra songs and stuff. Uh -huh. And I just bring it up because I'm a big Radiohead person, mm -hmm. and one thing people. Uh, forget sometimes is Radiohead's actually a fairly nerdy band. I mean, yeah. they have a song in that name checks the TARDIS. Oh shit. Thing. They do. I'm sure if yeah, it's, it's one of the, <laughs> it's one of the B sides on in, in rainbows. Okay. I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure if they're, if you ask them who their favorite doctor who was, they, mm. they would have an opinion about it. <laughs> um, and of course they did a whole song about Marvin the Paranoid Android from, um, oh from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I guess this is where I admit that I am not a huge Radiohead fan and uh, did not know this at all. Uh, they have an well, entire song devoted to Marvin. You're kidding. Yeah, their big songs on OK Computer is Paranoid Android. Oh and yes, and, it's, and also when you look it up, it's like lumped under the reason why people don't like Radiohead, by the way. <laughs> it's, lumped in the, it's lumped in the pejorative section of Radiohead nerds bad <laughs> wow. why is radio bad because they're nerds but <laughs> all right <laughs> which i think which is you know some you know artifact of 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 internet searching because uh um nerd things are good now right yes, um of course. but anyway yeah and um it was on my mind because uh hitchhiker's guide is on my mind mm. and uh i went to see them in concert this year and mm. uh paranoid android it's like not one <laughs> It's not one of those like goofy uh, parody songs, like "Hey, right. I'm the depressed android." La la la, rock rock rock. It, it's very, it's very dark and uh, and subtly quotes um, text from Tishikers, like the bit about you know you'll be the first against the wall when revolution when the revolution comes. comes. Nice. And um, and um, it's just just a great uh, subtle work of. Uh, of inhabiting a character from pop culture who just happens to be the depressive android and conveying that beautifully. And of course, mm. yes, um, sort of miserable and fatalistic in the uh, <laughs> stereotypical radio way, radio head way. Yeah. Um, anyway, so 
There you I go. Was rethinking of Paranoid Android this week. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. I, I, I got a new wrinkle about Radiohead. Fascinating. All right. I will, uh, yes. I, I will try to check them out uh, being an about. There's also a reggae version if you, <laughs> <laughs> if you like if um, you like your reggae mixed with your, your British post-rock mixed with your hitchhikers. Wow. All right. That, Which, is, that is a pastiche. Yeah. Wow. All right. Um, uh, so, uh, actually, for those sharp-eared folks, you might be hearing an interesting reverb. Uh, today, I am podcasting from my bathroom, um, so apologize for the sound if it's a little wacky. Um, not that our podcast is known for fantastic sound to begin with, but, um, you know, whatever. Uh, happy to have... Um, uh, we don't, I don't have a closet to podcast from, so uh, when my apartment gets taken over by... Things that uh, the podcast but is interrupting, I, I retreat to the bathroom, apparently, is the plan. <laughs> right. But, Chris, you are in your bathroom, authentically in your bathroom, right? I and am. that's the, the internet appreciates authenticity above, you know, above everything technical else. quality of all things. I, so I just want and just clarify, this is this is not a this is not some kind of gimmick. You're no, authentically in your bathroom. I am authentically. Okay. I'm, I'm literally my my laptop is on my bathtub. My microphone is on my toilet, and I am sitting on the ground in front of the toilet uh, as if I needed to uh, throw up uh, to the wonderful porcelain god. Um, but instead, it's just I'm, I'm speaking. I'm throwing up into a microphone all of my eventually spidey knowledge, hopefully, <laughs> um, or spidey opinion more more like. But anyway, sorry. What's elevating my genre is not podcasting for my my bathroom. It's Funnily enough, Dom and I, strangely, we, we must be buddies, man. We get on the same wavelength every year. Mine is a music thing, too, and mine uh, doesn't... Mine goes back even farther than 20 years. Mine goes back... I just threw on Sting's fucking Dream of the Blue Turtles for the first time in probably 20 years. Oh. Um, and, you know, uh, fucking hell. I just need to, like, you know... Look, people, I understand. Sting turned into some weird douchebag uh soft adult soft rock like demigod that like no one needs i understand that but that, that, that's where he ended up what people forget is that he started out as a fucking crazy weird punk rock bass player with the police and the police is as far as i'm concerned one of the best bands of all time uh and surely and and what ends up happening also with the police is that sting sort of in the police works out these crazy songwriting chops outside of his not just his musicianship but his like what he's interested in making songs about back then uh and by the way june blue turtles comes out in 1985 is so crazy pants like i can't imagine a, a pop song today being written about vampires or being written about like just about the fucking children's crusade from the 11th yes. century and shit like that and it's just amazing his fucking lyrics uh pretty much from synchronicity on are, uh, well, not on, Synchronicity through sort of uh, whatever that Fields of Gold album was, which is, you know, whatever, say what you want about it, you know, um, are, are just so amazingly fucking geeky and, like, just, like, Renaissance yeah. Fair, like, uh, anthem shit. Like, it's amazing. It's a, it's, he's really got a fucking fascinating turn of phrase and just, I mean, I'm sorry, number one, of course, Moon Over Bourbon Street on, uh, also on, yeah. on Dream of the Blue Turtles is, is, uh, direct is 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 a sort of interesting sort of characters like hey, yeah that's right fuck it's a character study just like paranoid android is of, of mm -hmm. louis and um an interview with a vampire also back when anne rice wasn't crazy uh well was probably good crazy. Yeah, it's based on the anne rice yeah it's book, based on right? specifically or interview with a vampire exactly. for sure i mean it's clearly louis's point of view and like uh he sort of retells it and uh uh and fuck and i just noticed today because of headphones i guess i didn't 
when this came out, I was listening to cassette tapes on a literally on a boombox. I had a boombox in my mm-hmm. bedroom, you know, whatever. And I never noticed the wolf howl at the end of Moon Over Bourbon Street, uh, which is awesome. Oh, yeah. Uh, fucking yeah. hell, uh, which is rad. I can't believe I never heard that until literally today when I was listening to it. But man, seriously, also the song Fortress Around Your Heart. What pop song fucking has the, the word battlement and chasm in it? I mean, fucking come on. And I mean, you know, I'm not even talking about King of Pain, which is, as far as I'm concerned, one of the best sort of rock pop, you know, vaguely rock poppy, poppy rock songs of all time. Like, I mean, just they're just fucking epic and dense, and like, they're it's not it's not even poetry. It's like there's a special. It's like D and D geek poetry. Like, yeah, I don't I, I don't know what category that is. I sort of just invented it, and but like Sting, particularly like eighty three to probably like ninety two, Sting is like the king of that 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 genre yeah. I just invented. Um, they're just fucking. They're beautiful songs, and they're and the lyrics are killer. And then he inflects all of this crazy Renaissance musicianship into some of it, and like it's it's just yeah. fucking so good, and appeals directly to like twelve year old Christopher, like reading as many fantasy novels as he can get his fucking hands on, and has all the feels, and is trying to understand life and love, and just like fucking. I just yeah. yeah. Dream, Dream of the Blue Turtles. Sting is a sort of like a, a particularly as a lyricist in this time period. Uh, I hate to be one of those assholes, like back you know when he was good, but you know back when he was fucking good. Um, uh, yeah, during his Blue Turtle period. Yeah, man. You know, that was a very special period. Blue Turtle, man. I'll even go. All, I'll even take all the way up to Soul Cages, man. Like it's some. There's some good lyrics, some good Renaissance King poetry lyrics in there renaissance, uh, renaissance d and sorry renaissance d and d lyrics very specifically not renaissance actual renaissance no. um just great uh just very evocative and, and just always made me want to i don't know they make uh, his his words and those songs make me want to create for whatever strange reason uh so there you go two music recommendations peeps uh from uh your lovely podcasting co-hosts uh, once again, pathetically, with no tra- with no transition skills whatsoever, we are going to jump into Spider Man. Um, yes. So we are going to talk about. Uh, I think I, I'm going to speak for both of us. Probably one of both of our favorite superheroes of all time. I would assume. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, my favorite super person. Super person. Uh, By a lot. Yeah, entirely. You know. You know. It's funny because. It's weird, like, for years I was championing Wolverine, whatever, when, you know, back when people were actually having these conversations and it wasn't so so much in the ether. And I would, and of course, and then I, at the end of it all, I would just say, oh yeah, of course, Spider-Man. Like, it would just get, he would just get thrown in as like, of course, like, how could you not love mm-hmm. Spider-Man? Like, it was just, it was just a fucking given, right? Um, whereas mm-hmm. Wolverine needed some sort of, I don't know, excuse or unpacking for people, or at least in my brain it did. And Spidey was just like... Of course you're going to love Spidey. There's no reason to even talk about why you love Spidey. Everybody loves Spidey. Um, but here we are. We're about to spend an hour and, talking about and why we love Spidey. And yet he was, he was a dork and a nerd before nerd was cool. And, and he does carry that, that aura around him. Yeah, which is so, great. Which also may be why I just made that assumption, right? Because I was a dork and a mm-hmm. nerd. And so I just assumed that all my other dorky, nerdy friends just... Uh, were as attracted were attracted to that character uh, those aspects of that character. I mean, I don't know. Um, uh, did you find that, like? Did you spend a lot of time talking about Spider Man? Like, I, I just feel like I never did. I just like I said, it was just it was you know whatever we'd recount whatever 
the story was, but like I never unpacked him very much. Uh, I never felt the need. Well, I mean, um, my Spider-Man and love, it's both a private and, you know, public love. Like I'll talk about it at length for anyone who asks, but you know, not that many people ask, but, um, my, my little story about how I uh, came to love Spider-Man, um, uh, interestingly involves my mom and maybe this is weird. Oh, nice. <laughs> and maybe maybe this is why the connection was forged so strong like okay sometimes as, as a kid I watched one of those Spider-Man cartoons I don't even remember which one there have been dozens of them and also accordingly there have been dozens of his origin episode retelling right I mean a lot a, a lot there of are a course. lot of cartoon yeah, episodes yeah. Showing the bit where he, uh, his origin story, which hopefully everyone knows at this point. That's why they're, in theory, leaving it out of this movie that's coming out tomorrow. Anyway, and just to <laughs> recap, basically, basically, uh, he gets the powers from the weird spider bites, but the important character part of the origin is that um, he has a chance to stop a petty criminal. The petty criminal ends up killing his uncle Ben and he realizes he mm -hmm. did not act when he could have retroactively and Ben mm -hmm. feels tremendous uh, guilt and responsibility of that. Anyway, when you're, I, I, I don't know, I was like four or something. So I don't like have a moral structure of things <laughs> yet. You know, I'm still like, you know, spreading my food on walls or something, or hopefully I'm not doing that, but I, well, you know, you know, like I don't understand these things of responsibility. So I actually sat and watched this cartoon. Of course, I loved the, the the visuals and the character and the flying around, but I just didn't get what happened. So huh. I didn't get why it was a big deal at the end that he's standing stoic on a pier, like going, oh my God, a great power comes great responsibility. I might not have known the word responsibility. Right. So I had to get my mom to explain it to me. Oh. And my mom, my mom doesn't give a shit about Spider-Man, but because... <laughs> But because she's an excellent mother and mm -hmm. somehow ended up watching the thing with me, she had to parse the um, the moral reading, wow. <laughs> the responsibility reading of Spider-Man's origin for me and make me understand, well, you know, he had a chance to do this and that, and that, and that would have stopped the guy from later killing his uncle. And he felt very bad about that. And he realized he had uh, he had the um, chance uh, to make a difference and didn't take it, um, and that will haunt him for the rest of his life. Anyway, I'm, I can't remember exactly, <laughs> what she did, but she made she made yeah, me under she made me. Point home. I love it. No. <laughs> no, it's a good it's a it's a good uh, thing to instill in a young kid as far as values. And anyway, sure. well, she made me understand the turn. Is yeah. what I'm saying, and. So that, for among other things, it's like, oh yeah, Spider-Man. He's the. He's the responsible. Dude. I understand where he's coming from. Thanks to mom. Thanks, mom. Thanks, mom. Jesus, yeah, thanks, mom. And that's an awesome story, man. Like, I mean, that's amazing that you, uh, you know, latched on to sort of the the. I mean, it's interesting to me. Like, I, all right, here, here's a strange question that maybe you can't answer. Like, was your prompting simply because you really didn't understand the moral or because you didn't understand the words themselves were you like one of those kids like i don't understand that word so someone's gonna fucking tell me every time you run into a new word explain that to me kind of thing or was oh, it really you just didn't get the moral of the story that's a good it? question i 
I, I, I probably just didn't have a sense of dramatic structure enough at the time. I'm sure uh-huh. I was into the, oh, look, he's flying around sure. and swinging around now, and his, the colors look great. Sure. I, I didn't have a structure. I, I, you know, it, it's as simple as, oh, I didn't even remember that, that, mm. that uh, mugger passed him in the hall or whatever. Uh, I, see. I okay. didn't get the significance of that. Yeah, no, no. I, I, couldn't, connect, I couldn't connect those three moments. Interesting. And that, and, but that bothered you. You that's the point where you really had to ask. That's really well, interesting. Yeah, because I, it was clear he was really sad and serious about something. Ah, okay. Yeah. So and it was I, his emotion. I guess I thought, so, I thought. I thought. he had won because. Okay. Yeah. Now. Now I'm exactly recollecting my stupid kid perception of this. Uh, that's yeah, stupid. Yeah. Yeah. You think he's won? Right. Uh, you're. You're. I mean, of uh, a lot of the shows you're watching at the time, it's just like the good guys yeah. win at the end. They, they yeah, defeat wow. their problem. You think, well, you know, he caught the bank robber, but now he has this long speech and this oh. sort of sad moment, probably, I believe, looking at the landscape of New York. Yeah. And he's talking about something, and he's very sad about it. That's the part I didn't get. That's it's interesting. Well, that's sad. very empathetic. Because I, that's awesome. I had no sense of responsibility or power. <laughs> well, and that, yeah. And that's kind of at the core of it. Right, but you, well, you understood power enough to know that he had some power. He exercised this power for "quote unquote" good, and, and he "quote unquote" won. So why isn't he happy? That's such a yeah. that's a cool. God, yeah, what a great yeah. little wonderful sort of storytelling lesson you learn there, and like, and but also how wonderfully empathetic of you to be like, well, I like that guy, and he's sad. He's supposed to when you win, you're supposed to be happy. Yeah. And he's, why isn't why he happy he, about having these neat powers? Yeah, neat powers, and why isn't he happy that he won? You know, "quote unquote" won, and and. Uh, that's fucking great, and the idea that like you learned, you literally learned dramatic irony in that moment. Like, oh my fucking god, that's an amazing story, Dom. That's and your well, mom yeah, was awesome for explaining it to you. It's all. It's, it's also just because my just because my mom is is good at uh, you know. Mommy. parsing narratives and ex- explaining them to people it was, it was great that's, that's awesome um, oh, that's a fucking fantastic story i don't think i have any story like that in my brain that i could pull out and 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 point to but uh that's awesome well, that spider-man well but i mean and your mom gave it to you obviously yeah but it's but it's worth asking were you aware of him more as a character first or of his mm. sort of uh uh his central mission or you know you know what I mean? Or, God, or I'm like, to was there a special story that you, uh, he's really one of these characters to? that was just like always in my life. Like, I mean, it's not like star Wars, like star Wars dropped and like nobody knew what it was. And I, obviously that was a seminal moment for me, like finding that story. But like, you know, my first memory of Spider-Man, as far as I can remember, is probably the T te- I had a, believe it or not, this is, I don't know, believe it or not, whatever. That's a stupid way to introduce this story. It, it's, I had a Spider-Man t-shirt when I was a kid. It was white background. It was my brother's shirt. I have an older brother. I haven't really talked about Scott on this podcast. That's fascinating. Um, Scott's first appearance on Elevating the Genre. He's four and a half years older than I am. Um, He's pretty much a geek, but he's a bit of a geek of a different color, mostly a musician kind of geek. But, you know, when we were younger, we, um, I mean, definitely a gaming geek and role-playing. He's just sort of moved on from that stuff. But he had, you know, the requisite kid clothes, and and I was, he was four and a half years older than me, so my parents smartly kept some of his stuff around, and I inherited the clothes. And one of the first things that I loved and latched onto desperately was this white t-shirt that had Spider-Man at the top of a brick wall, shooting webs from upper left to, to lower right onto 
believe it or not, the werewolf. Mm. Um, J. Jonah Jameson's astronaut son who goes to the moon and turns into a werewolf. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, for that no reason. Um, anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's like, and I never... And that man villain, wolf, I man, believe. I think he's, yeah, Called man him. wolf is his name, yeah. <laughs> Something stupid like that. And he's like a fucking a weird yellow fucking ripped up pants or it's like a yellow jumpsuit he's ripped right, out right. of. Um, but anyway, such a right. weird villain to have. He was never on any of the TV shows. I didn't ever knew who he was. I was just like, he's a weird, hairy werewolfy guy and like whatever anyway so that was like desperate it was like one of my first like prized possessions was this like spider-man mm-hmm. shirt and of course spider-man was cool and my buddies and my brother was older so we had um this was ladies and gentlemen back when 45 storybooks were around if you remember these which were 45 records mm-hmm. that you would get that marvel put out that had like a storybook attached to it so you could listen and follow along so that was all that you know like when i'm when i mean like these two things were always in my life as far as i can remember they were always in my life. Like, I don't know. I don't know. So I have no idea when Spider-Man actually stepped into my life as a, as a character or as a story. I don't remember learning the origin story. I don't remember any of it. Like I just was there. The main thing I do remember as a kid is desperately watching the electric company. And every time there wasn't a super Spidey story on being so fucking pissed (laughs) off that I wasted my time watching the electric company because it was a second rate Sesame street. Anyway, um, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it, it had a Spider-Man segment. Oh, yes. Man. Okay. So this is where I will transition. Let me let yeah. me go back because we usually do this. Obviously, no one pretty much needs a, a deep history of where Spider-Man comes from. But I'll, I'll I'll just really quick, obviously, just to set the stage for those that maybe don't I'm missing a few details. Obviously, created by Stan Lee and Steve Ditko. First appearance is Amazing Fantasy number fifteen back in nineteen sixty-two. Uh, Spidey Spider-Man 62. number sixty-two. Sixty-two. Spider-Man number one, however, drops in March of nineteen sixty-three, and a lot of people point to that as you know in nineteen sixty-three with his real appearance because there is no follow-up to Amazing Fantasy fifteen because the book is canceled. Um, mm-hmm. So only his first appearance is in a short piece of short fiction in that. Um, obviously, he debuts with powers of like strength, agility, spider spider clinginess, uh, and spider sense, and in the at least the intellect to create these web shooters. But what's also very interesting is that he's at the time when Spider Man dropped, he's a bit controversial because teenagers were just sidekicks at the time. Um, there wasn't a teenage mm. hero, um, and so that's one of the things that Stanley apparently had to really actually fight for um, right. to keep him a teenager and to make him not a sidekick uh, and still call him Spider Man. Um, so, I mean, uh, very briefly sort of in, you know, sort of in the media that he's a, he's an instant hit, by the way, you know, he just immediately is loved by everybody. Um, uh, even with, uh, college kids by 1965, they're ranking him up there with like Bob Dylan and shit. Um, if you, and please remember in 65, what the hell Bob Dylan meant to the culture. Um, sure. uh, anyway, so, and then in, uh, you know, eventually one of his first media spinoff, um, is the super spidey stories in the electric company. The electric company, like I said, was sort of a, um, was, uh, okay. I was being you know, sort of a second rate Sesame street, but it was, yeah. it was a, it was a kid's educational program on PBS, uh, that yeah. had a little bit more focus on science, I would say. Um, thus the electric company kind of a deal. Uh, and for whatever reason they, uh, well, not whatever reason, it's pretty obvious. Spidey, uh, Peter Parker is, uh, is, a, is a scientist, is, a, is a, a geek, and, a, and, and his science powers are part of who he is. Um, they gave him, uh, you know, little segments uh, that would appear on there. Uh, well, well, he was strangely kid-friendly, and that's probably oh, that part too, of why yeah. he's such a big brand. I mean, and he, has, uh, he was young, and um, he didn't have quite the, you know, darkness of a Batman, or, and, uh, you know, there's that whole thing of, 
the Human Torch looked too much like a person setting themselves on fire. And, yeah, true. You know, there are all these, there are all these you know, filters you have to go through to be acceptable as in, in, in the kids' medium. And um, yeah, he, I mean, he was... And somewhere out of that, he became the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. The friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, right. And it is interesting because he is masked, right? I mean, he... Yeah. But it is... I mean, it's a really a triumph of, uh, you know, uh, Ditko's... Uh, Dit, uh, not Ditko. Uh, yeah, Steve Ditko's drawing. Ditko that, like, designed the costume, right? Designed the costume, for sure. That it's, yeah. it is. He's masked, but he's not... It's not too scary for whatever weird reason. I, I, I don't know. I never perceived yeah. anything about Spider-Man's head as being scary. Um, but he's fully masked, which yeah. is, you know, usually a no-no for children, right? Um, they can't see the face. It makes them frightened, whatever. But again, yeah. I think also... He could we, be a creep. He could like, be. look at all the other costumes of, of guys, you know, based on spiders. You know, they're like yeah. tarantulas and slimy, like... Right. But, yeah... That's a good point. That's a but good he, but he looks he he looks really friendly. He's friendly, yeah. It's something. It's about the webs, also. I mean, like I I remember the day I realized two things: one, that Spider Man's costume has webbing on it. Period. I don't know why. I just like skipped mm-hmm. somehow skipped right past that. Um, and I think it has something to do with the weird concentric webs that are on his face. That like it's mm-hmm. number one. It's also endlessly fascinating to look at for me. Like I think it's one of yeah. the best design masks of all time. Um, it's it's gorgeous, uh, and obviously the genius of Steve Ditko also making the eye, manipulating the eyes in terms of them changing size and stuff like that uh, to, to actually yeah. get expressions out of that fucking mask. Uh, subtle and genius all the way. Um, sorry, just to, just to round out a little bit of the media stuff so everybody's uh, on the same page. He He's super popular right away. They do try to give him a spinoff called, believe it or not, The Spectacular Spider-Man, but it's it was a book. They were a sort of graphic novel-linked stories, apparently. I had no idea this existed, um, but it only lasted two issues. I thought the, and apparently they were supposed to be quote-unquote darker. But anyway, that only lasted two issues. That was like in 1965, but then it goes all the way up to 1972 when finally Marvel gives him another book, uh, which is the Marvel Team-Up um, series, which is where you know he Spidey every month teams up with a new superhero or supervillain to do a thingamabobber and his staying power is incredible by, by the time Spider-Man the comic book just called Spider-Man without an adjective drops in 1990 the number one issue sells three million goddamn copies which is at the time like one of the highest selling comic books of all time um, also mm-hmm. explains why your Spider-Man number one is worth nothing um, uh, so there was <laughs> three million and to be fair there have been awesome, there have like been 20 Spider-Man number ones since then right yes, so, of course. Like been the, the start of the, of the recycling the comic series ad nauseum Right. Like, does anyone, is there any comic series that goes beyond 50, issue 50 now? I don't, I don't even know. Yeah, I have no idea. But anyway, so... Sorry, go ahead. No, no, it's fine. Um, so just, you know, and that's not... And then we have... I hadn't even throw in the absolute myriad, insane amount of, like Dom said, animated shows that come out uh, based on this dude is just is just endless and, and forever. You can fall down. I'm sure you can fall down on Animation Hole and probably watch a, a spider-man episode for you know many many years if you could string them all together uh a day if you wished um so let's many let's, many let's, cartoons many many cartoons uh yeah. and that, then let's that all right and also just to add there's the 70s live action tv show which i have a fond uh place in my art for the the japanese mm-hmm. tv show version which has a completely TV different origin story and right. of course the the films it takes a lot of dancing around, but eventually we get to the films in 2001, and now there have been three Spider-Man 
cinematic Franchises. versions. Since, yeah. Or this will be the third coming. This will out be the third. Too. Yeah. Right. So let's 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 crack into the appeal a little bit. Um, we've already touched on it a little bit. He is he is I think he is of an age of the readers at the time for sure. Um, uh, I also like the idea that uh, Stanley originally had that he was gonna he intentionally he's one of the few comic book characters that actually ages um, or was it was it the original the original point was that he aged a bit um, with the book. Oh, um, you know he graduates really? from high school and goes to college. Yeah, that was oh, Stanley okay. mentioned that okay. uh, that was part of his that was part of the one of the things he wanted to do, um, which you know they followed up on. You know, huh. Spider Man's been married and I don't know. I guess he's been divorced now and all yeah. that sort of crazy stuff, um, <clears throat> which I think is great because uh, a lot of that gets left out of a lot of comics sometimes, at least particularly in the seventies and the eighties. You know, they people the characters basically sort of vaguely stayed the same age, like Reed and Sue Richards. Yeah got married and had a kid somehow and then magically one day you pick up the book and Franklin's four years old and you're like, wait, when did that happen? What the fuck? Um, right. Know, shit he, like we, that. he goes through a lot of life processes, which is, which is an important thing. Yeah. But I, I, I just wanted to add one caveat, which is like, um, every, everything we're, we're about to say about Spider-Man is definitely debatable and, uh, you know, subject to interpretation and possibly wrong because he has been rebooted and reinvented fifty times. Like what's and right. it, and it, well, well, uh, totally uh, appreciating your your point about he does age and yeah. then he does get married, but he's also uh, he also does that wonderful comic book thing of he's it, he's basically in the same chunk of his life while the world is changing around him and he right. can come, come into maybe at the at any point and uh, not necessarily even get his origin story right. and of course there was that you know an extreme example was the time uh mephisto the devil reset the whole universe just to reboot spider-man back to an earlier point in his life i don't know if you remember <laughs> that one that? I, mean, what? <laughs> I don't know it might have been 10 years uh, passed by now but it was the Alrighty. point when when horribly aunt may is actually killed uh. and this it and uh you know spider is adult now and they've gone pretty far in progressing him from his origin point right he's right. adult he's married he's in the avengers now all this stuff and uh, a lot of people know his secret identity and so part of us i mean partly shameless retconning but just as a funny example of how that sometimes work you know uh works mephisto offers him the you know the, the devil's choice of um, you uh, uh, you can have Aunt May back, which is your whole ostensible reason for living, uh, but you're gonna be you know you're gonna you're gonna be younger, you're gonna be a twenty something slacker again. You're not married, you're not any of these things, which conveniently gets rid of all the plot complications of oh, him being right. married and an yes. adult and stuff. Yes. So anyway, just but just as an example, yeah. Um, there's so many different aspects and so so many different timelines on this character and occasionally they are reset by supernatural powers so i, I guess what i meant to say is everything we're about to say is right also yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i must admit i bail out of the out of the comics continuity right before all of that insanity starts happening um uh, you know, like I pretty much was done by adjectiveless Spider-Man number probably ten or yeah, something okay. by around that time. Yeah. So things I miss a lot of that stuff. Um, you know, I mean, it's still insane that you know by the time I get out, there were literally I think they canceled Spectacular Spider-Man to release 
adjectiveless Spider-Man. But still, that's three yeah. comics of that one character a month, right? That's Batman-level shit. You know, that's Batman, Detective Comics, and whatever other spare Batman title you've got running. You know, and that's the thing. These characters... I'd love to do a... I think we should do a... It wouldn't really be a concept cast, but, like, just where we unpack, like, these endless characters, right? These characters that will have never have a third act kind of a deal. Or they'll get a third yeah. act, but then they get retconned. You know, that story gets retconned immediately or whatever, like, a year later. You know, this, yeah. is, this is up there. He's, I mean, Spider-Man is up there with level with... Superman, Batman, um, you know, now Wolverine, um, uh, yeah. and these other characters that are just, you have to, and Doctor Who even, like, you have to pick sort of an iteration of the character you dig, and you hang out with that part of the character for a while, and then you either suffer through, oh, I don't like this version, and you hang out with that character hoping that uh, the, the version you kind of like will show up again, or yeah, you, develop yeah. a, you develop a system where you're like, okay, this isn't my favorite version, but I'm reading because... God damn, I love that suit, you know, or whatever. You love the core of the character being carried through. Um, I'd love to eventually have a yeah. podcast where we just talk about that concept because I think it's it's new in media. I think it's really landing now. And so, well, that's the thing. It's not new in media. It's probably been around for the last twenty five years. But no, we're we're not talking about it. Um, maybe there's nothing else to say about it. But um, no, no, no. I think no, I think, I think you should. And and it is unique to comic books because they um, mm. these these characters do live through all these decades, all these points of history, and not from a, not, they're not from one political, one particular political viewpoint. That you know true. what I mean? That like, is interesting, that's true. They get to experience all of it, and they're always around 27 and have superpowers. <laughs> <laughs> they're all around 27, yeah. They never, they never quite get the 30 crisis, the 30-year-old crisis today, yeah. that's true. That is true. That's funny. Um, uh, but yeah, so let's go back to Spider-Man's specific yeah, yeah. appeal. I mean, for me, one of the things that uh, I always thought was a bit downplayed a lot in most, even the TV shows and stuff like that, uh, and in the Sam Raimi um, movies, for me, was that he was never scientific enough for me. I always wanted, the, I was, I always liked my Spider-Man very, very smart and very gadgety. Mm -hmm. um, I never liked the actual gadgets. I just loved the idea that this kid was smart enough to not only make his own suit, which is pretty cool and pretty handy, um, but he made his web shooters. That's really a fucking cool idea, right? That he had invented this scientific thing that helps him and is so, of course, perfectly spot on for his character, right? Like he can yeah. shoot these webs. He just does it in that one issue like what? right <laughs> maybe maybe it comes up with it the second issue but still I don't, I don't know but that's what's cool about it right like i mean that's one of the things that makes him awesome i mean i don't i'm not a yeah. big fan of them now making him a genius level intellect i don't need that i mean obviously you have to be a genius to mm. invent web shooters and web fluid but you know uh in comics you know that gets a little <laughs> crazy everybody's a genius intellect now i think um and i just don't need that out of my peter parker but i do need him to be a bit of a scientist a bit of a nerd that is into science and math and stuff um, and again, I wasn't that type of nerd, but I did appreciate that that nerdiness caused his social problems and social anxiety, you know, that, that stuff, um, which I, again, I, I think is super appealing. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't like, I don't really care for the storyline you referred to, which is the realistic version of someone who was capable of making that device and that web fluid would in fact be an engineering genius and probably... Yes. Own several companies. Yes, churning out uh, fancy tech things. Yes, it 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 contradicts this central notion that he's a loser and doesn't go for personal gain and stuff like that. Yeah, but but it, it always, that was actually always the part that was biggest uh, cognitive dissonance for me was 
Never mind uh, yeah. getting radioactive spider powers for all that. It's like, <laughs> I, he built, he just made that web fluid. That shit is fucking amazing. Yeah. And How I guess, could you just make that? Yeah. <laughs> and I guess we do have to talk about sp- like web slinging, right? Like that's what, one of the things that's cool about him. Like not even Batman. Like I guess Superman has his flying pose a bit. Batman mm. just has sort of generic being awesome Gotham nighty, you know, caping on top of the yeah. buildings. You know, his caping is, is a level. But Spider-Man develops a, like certain poses that we know and love, like the fucking right. thw- and the sound effect, the thwip sound, the thwip sound, yeah. the hand shape, and then the fucking web swing, like which doesn't yeah. make any sense because spiders don't web swing, uh, web sling, right? I mean, they, they suspend <laughs> themselves, which is pretty it's, cool. They swing in the wind; it's proportionate. Look, that, uh, yes. we're not going to argue about that. Okay, no, but, but, but yes, I'm, 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 okay. it's a genius invention, right? I mean, it's it's so uh, it's so kinetic, um, yeah. and you know, and I think boys are hyperkinetic, and that's one of the great things about the Spider-Man comics is like is is the web swinging and the web slinging. And I remember when the Sam Raimi movie dropped, one of the things that I was desperately worried about was like. Do is CGI good enough yet to like actually make me believe a human being yeah. is web slinging? Like that was so important to me, and the fact that the first movie got that part right, probably they could have created a dog pile of shit that I I would have ate it with a smile. Um, right. As long as those web swinging scenes were in there, um, even that movie's not perfect by any means, but it's certainly certainly good, and certainly the, the web slinging is bloody amazing. I, I think I think that's the case where technology caught up i mean uh, a big example of it because you know they were able to make people fly but yes as definitely his mode of travel is one of the three things that makes spider-man incredibly distinctive and um uh to c- convey it artificially in you know a, a live action film um uh one only has to look at the old live action films where they had to do the web, web swinging parts and all the you know <laughs> things they did to fudge around and it was like oh to see oh this is why it took a really long time to get this character to really Live to really sell him uh on uh on screen but yeah and another thing about the web swing like uh, you know a, a fair amount of characters do that sort of prancing around the rooftops of mm. New York City, or, you know, there, there's Daredevil, there's Batman, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. But I really only buy it with Spider-Man. And, I mean, yeah. I don't care how much parkour you do. You can't <laughs> actually travel <laughs> significant distances in New York just hopping from building to building if you're normal human strength, you yeah, know? For so sure. Spider, that Spider-Man, it's a, it's a wonderful... Uh, it's a wonderful combination of, of he doesn't actually fly, um, but he's but he's way stronger, more durable than um, normal person, and so he could actually do these, um, you know, in deadly, you know, um, acrobatic uh, uh, leaps that you know would 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 kill Batman quickly. Right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> didn't articulate that very well, but you know no, I, mean? I know what you mean. And, but the other thing, I mean, one of the strange things to me is that, and maybe this is just me, ret, you know, me retconning my own brain and, and, and it's the movie thing, but I do seem to remember even as a child getting the sense that Spider-Man just fucking dug the shit out of web slinging that he was having a good time. Yeah. Right? And that's the other thing about the character that, um, you know, that say what you want about the amazing, the amazing Spider-Man series, the film series at least they got this part right, is that he's a smartass, right? Like, he's this whiny kid, at least the run that I love, which was particularly written by J.M. DeMattis in the, in the um, 
I hope I'm pronouncing his last name right. I'm never sure. Um, in the 80s. I've never been sure how to pronounce that dude's name either. Yeah, whatever. Seen it in print a million times. A million times, yeah. right. Um, but he went so hard after the sort of smart-assy, and again, this is a bit of a, it's a bit of a leftover thing from 80s one-liner movies, but he really perfected it in the Spider-Man comics that he's this timid dude outside the suit, but then you put the suit on, he loves being Spider-Man so much, he loves the web-slinging, and he becomes a smart-ass, right? And that yeah. was so important to me because that, you know, there's a lot of things I, I stole from Wolverine to try to put into my life. Like, I pretended like I understood what honor was, and I tried to live my life by a certain, <laughs> like, like, whatever. I tried to, you know, emulate Wolverine's, you know, whatever sort of attitude about, like, his version of sort of brooding responsibility. And I appreciated Spider-Man's version of brooding responsibility. But what I really stole was, like, oh, it's okay to be a smartass um, and, like, <laughs> that's, and still be a, a, a good person, you know, and, like, and be funny and be... Um, you know, be articulate and be a little confrontational here and, and call out stupid shit um, that's stupid shit and it's and be funny about it and, and sort of get away with it. And I love that part of the character, always. Yeah. Um, he, he's a wit. Yes, thank you. And it's... Beautiful. It's wonderful. He never loses his, his sense of humor. Right. And um, and it's the distinctive thing of it. Again, you know, we beat up on Batman on this show a lot. But, <laughs> you know, just again, just by contrast... Uh, Spider Man goes out of his way to be a funny dude, even even too talkative. But right, exactly, that was the other thing. And then, I but mean, you want to, but you want to be that guy. Yeah, exactly. I mean, come on, people. I mean, you you if you guys have lived with me for thirty five episodes, I mean, listen to how I sound. And part of that is because Spidey, it was it, Spidey gave me permission as well. Like Spidey was a chatty motherfucker, and um, and that hey, Spider Man's cool if he's chatty. I can be cool and chatty too. Um. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah and again it's just for me it goes back to there's some kind of there's a lot of joy in the character there's something about it I mean it's weird they, he's he is burdened by this massive responsibility and it's certainly mm. worn out of guilt and all that other stuff but like there's a real joy to the character as well right and and it's sort of that juxtaposition which makes it so nice I mean again he's not um, yeah he's uh, he's going for the sense of responsibility for uh, when he when he could have acted, as opposed to the Batman, who is sort of, you know, working out this revenge fantasy against the criminal element, but he couldn't really have acted. He was a little yeah, kid. That man is acting out right? of powerlessness, right? Yeah, that's right. And, he's, uh, and, and, he's act, and so I guess it, it turns out he's acting out of fear a lot, or, or Batman yeah. would be. And, Ooh, and sure. Superman is acting out of just being the guy who can do all that shit. He's super powerful. And... And uh, a lot of the other, uh, you know, Marvel heroes are, you know, some form of rich, super scientific douchebag. Um, you know, Iron Man, Reed Richards, blah, blah, blah. But anyway, but, sorry, back to <laughs> Spider-Man. Um, um, so, he, so he could have acted, so he's working out of guilt. And I guess some people say that that's an ingredient of humor. And, and also he just reminds us that humor, you know, if, 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 if you lose... That you've you know you you've lost all hope in life you know you it, yeah. it's, it's something it's something central to to being alive and that is the thing like Spider Man is is so human right he's not whereas I guess you know you relate to Batman because maybe you know he's he's a human among all these superpowered beings um, and while Spider Man is obviously massively is pretty well superpowered uh, even though he's you know again my favorite version of Spider Man is when he's he's clearly you know, lower to mid-tier, you know, on the superhero oh, yeah. power levels of things. Yeah. But he's, 
again, the relatability that they built into the original character about him being a vulnerable kid and him being timid outside the suit and him being a nerd and a geek and ostracized for that kind of stuff and him trying to find his way and being hopeless with girls and all that kind of stuff. Well, hopeless, you know, whatever. Of course, in the early writings, they, you know, nothing like being hopeless when you've got Gwen Stacy and Mary Jane, Wa- Mary Jane Watson oh, yeah. themselves at you all the time and you're just too stupid to notice. But whatever, you know, outside of that. But also, he has to go be Spider-Man. That's yes, another facet of the character. <laughs> right, exactly. It's His just... secret identity is... And that's and that is cool for kids, like you know, like ah, oh, fuck yeah, man! Like when I go to sleep, I'm a wizard, you know. Fucking when nobody's looking, I fucking you know sprout wings and I fucking become insect dude or whatever, um, mm. you know. And that was such a, you know, I don't know if that's such a a big thing anymore in comics. Like, and I certainly in all the movies they downplay most of the time. Um, well, I guess not. I guess with Spider-Man, the Spider-Man movies, it's there, but a lot of the superhero movies now don't really deal with the like you know if it's if it is about secret identity it's about the duality of the secret identity or whatever right right you know but, but the spider-man it was just like fuck i'm a kid you know like man um you know no one should know who i am um yeah there's a practical reason because yeah. you don't don't want it to get back to aunt may or or mary jane or gwen stacy right exactly or whatever's going on in your life and so do you uh, have a particular favorite sort of iteration of the character? Like, again, my favorite iteration for sure is the sort of J.M. DeManus run in the, in, the, in, the, in the mid to late 80s. Is there a particular, like, iteration oh, of the I'm character? Oh, I'm glad you mentioned or, that. Or I mean, among, among the writers who I thought really got Spider-Man's uh, wit right, uh, where I like Peter David and a lot. And I like Dan Slott now, who's very big in writing the Spider-Man. And, um, and um, I'm... <laughs> I think I'm in the minority of people who really liked the Andrew Garfield series. <laughs> you know, I, I have to say, like, I don't quite understand the hatred for those movies. I mean, there's a couple of things that, you know. Dude, so good. I, you know, for me, again, what I was super just stoked out of my mind about was that they put the humor, they, they you know, they made him a wit again, that they put, put that yeah. back into the character. And I thought they, they emphasized his sciencey nature enough for me without overemphasizing it again. I mean, you know, by I mean, look, Amazing Spider-Man Two is 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 super problematic on a lot of levels in terms of storytelling and like what oh, yeah, Electro yeah. is dumb in that movie. Yeah, Electro's really dumb. Electro's really dumb, unfortunately. But you know, there's a lot. You know, again, it also goes a long way for me. Emma Stone is eminently watchable. I think Andrew Garfield and her have a really pretty pretty groovy chemistry. Um, again, storytelling wise, it does seem an awful lot like Gwen Stacy's just sort of hanging around for Peter Parker, which is a bit weird. Um, and they try to give her some agency and it doesn't quite work. So there's a lot of things, but in terms of like getting the character, I was very happy with that. Um, uh, I didn't like the whole, like his dad is this secret scientist and now there's some weird fucking lab thing that they were doing and that they were angling for a Sinister Six movie, which nobody wanted. Um, yeah, or, or needed. yeah, all, all that, that shit stuff. was crap. All that shit was crap. And, and you're all right. But but they but because they got the central guy right, I, just, I yes. just I just got that guy, and he had say it's something nice. that Toby Maguire never quite got, and I know. Yeah. I don't know if it's as simple as he just seemed funnier than Toby Maguire. That's possible. <laughs> Toby Maguire, like, the little voice. Uh, yeah, I don't. I never got why people really dug him, as, even when they cast him. I mean, he was again, he was fine. He was just milk toast in a in, in a not a good way, you know. Like, of course, there's a yeah. part of Peter Parker that's milk toast, but like. I don't know. Tobey Maguire is like again. I I liked his work when he was getting work if he was cast properly, and I was never quite, never quite happy with his with his 
depiction of Spider-Man. Yeah. And I love Sam. I love me some Sam Raimi, and I think he was probably sure. the right dude to, you know, handle the... There was some, you know, there was some humor in those movies, and he is great at that. Uh, he was perfectly suited to the action of it all, um, and he really handled it in terms of sort of, I really think Spider-Man 1 sort of ushers in the new wave of, of superhero, well, possibly the first wave of superhero movies that, that really are effective. Um, and Sam Raimi was good enough. And I, the only problem I had with those movies was like, I wanted more For Sam sure. raimi yeah. in them a bit. Um, but yeah, to me, they didn't get the character right. You know, the Yeah, it was action. important in so many ways, and yet it was still, it was still kind of, like, uh, you know, I guess uh, I, was, I was disappointed by Spider-Man again because, yeah. you know, I have so much attachment, blah, blah, blah. Sure. But, um, and again, this falls but, into, like, what do you want from it, right? Like, I mean, this exactly right. falls into that conversation. Like, again, I wanted a more wisecracking, more scientific... Uh, POV on that character um, where, uh, you know, and it's also hard, man. You put Toby Maguire up against fucking Willem Dafoe and you've got a bit of a fucking, uh, you've got a bit of, a, and Willem Dafoe as directed by Sam Raimi where you know he's going to let yeah. him fucking run and all of a sudden you've got two different movies going on as far as I was concerned, eventually concerned. Um, you know, I was also among the people who was not, did not like the Power Rangers uh, esqueness of the Green Goblin suit in that. Although it looked right, really right, cool, yeah. uh, it looked cool. I mean, I'm a huge fan of Willem Dafoe in general, and, and his performance in that I think is great. And the problem is he eats the film a bit to me. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, but yeah. Anyway, uh, whereas, but a lot of people deeply, deeply love that. That, and I think, and I definitely, again, I, I hold nothing against them. It's just you know. Again, not quite my Spider-Man. Not quite the dude I wanted. Um, how are you feeling about the Tom Holland's version so far? Like the, which the, uh, for those maybe don't know, that's the actor playing Spider-Man in the new iteration. Uh, obviously, making his first appearance in Civil War. Blah blah blah. Oh yeah. Um, well, you know, I, I liked his bit in Civil War a lot. Uh, his scene yeah. with Tony Stark is very is very clever and new. Getting that kind of. Um, Uncle son relationship going. Um, you know, out of my loyalty to Andrew Garfield and all the <laughs> all the unresolved threads of that second Spider-Man movie, I, uh, I I'm still reserving judgment. But you know, I like the cuts. I mean, I t and I totally get what they're doing with Tom Holland. You know, they're going for really young high school, right? Um, uh, you know, environment and um, but. But he also has the the wit and charm. Um, I guess, it, yeah. I, I hope I hope he does not overplay the. Jeez, I'm such a dork thing. Yeah, and it is. Yeah. Weird. It is. You he, know, says, he says he awesome a lot. This is this is my red flag in Civil War. Ah. Basically everything I like about Spider Man in Civil War. But he says awesome a lot. And if he's just going to be one of those kids that says awesome, yeah, like that's that's not enough for me. That's just <laughs> no, that's an excellent. You point. know what I mean? And also the thing for me is like you know I know this look. It usually doesn't matter. Like who gives a shit that like oh he's from another culture playing an American or whatever. And usually mm. that doesn't matter. But yeah, like you're taking a Brit teen uh, from 2016 and, and and dropping him and asking him to be an American teenager and like, and this is something maybe I'm noticing again. I've, my brother may have just made the first mm -hmm. appearance in the podcast, but you all know I'm married to a Romanian, um, and mm. you know, and 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 I'm living in Belgium and talking to people and you know, occasionally I show some geeky movies to my to to my new Euro European friends or my wife, and. And if they involved high school, anything about high school, one of the first things they all turn to me and are like, seriously, is this what it's like? Because 
the perception <laughs> of American high school in movies is so pervasive. It's in so many movies. It's in so many stories that like it's sure. it's crazy pants. How many um, how many times I've gotten that question? Right. So it's clearly a thing in Europeans' minds that like they have a version of high school and they all know it's bullshit because it's filtered through Hollywood, but that could be a serious issue. Like, and even I saw an interview with Tom Holland, which was like when, before they did civil war, Marvel actually, Marvel studios actually enrolled him in in an American high school and sent him to a Brooklyn, some Brooklyn like technical Institute for like a day for him to sit in a couple of classes, which is, you know, uh, seems a little, uh, excessive, but you know, like if you're gonna probably do worth that, it might have been worth it but if you're gonna do that like do it then like to fucking force the kid to like go to like fucking three weeks of fucking high school and really see what it's like so i do worry that he is gonna do like in a you know a basically an, a pop culture influenced version of a teenager and of course writing teenagers i don't i can't remember who the screenwriter is for this homecoming writing teenagers is hard people i'm sure there are at least 17 of them that's true there's 17 right exactly so so that means it really falls onto the actor to like shepherd that character through. Right. And, and to really represent what it's like to be an American teen. Um, and, and writing teenagers is hard. If people, you don't know that if um, people sometimes miss this, that, you know, because it, because American high school is so pervasive in media, there is an extra special space in your brain where you suspend disbelief for certain teens coming on screen and being like, Oh, okay, this is a, this is a Hollywood teen, right? This is Hollywood high school. Right. Um, as opposed to actually writing teenagers. Um, so there is a shorthand that we've all been force fed and we've all, and all had beaten into us, um, through pop culture. So I, that is an excellent point. Uh, I do get a little, one would hope that Holland's is not just mimicry of, you know, the one that that he saw on TV. Right. Exactly. Um, but it's a, that's a really excellent, that's a really excellent, uh, point to make. Um, although yes, ladies and gentlemen, I know Andrew Garfield is also British. Okay. But he was clearly, yeah, yeah, he was already graduated. He was basically, he, got, he, he had, he had the whole stance. He was sort of a skater. <clears throat> yes. So uh, it said, uh, well, <laughs> interesting. It's interesting that Spider-Man never has a native New York accent since he's supposedly never, yes. ever left. Queens. Well, he's but, in Queens. Uh, so, I mean, that's true. I get it. Yeah. It's not, it's not, it's not as strong of, uh, uh, uh dialect in queens is it yeah, okay no, uh, that's no, that's, no, that's how little i know about new york Brooklyn, but um, all right fine sure <clears throat> but um okay so so yeah, you're, sorry, com- you're coming down you're 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 you like tom holland but you're 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 reserving judgment you're really you're you're reticent i understand that makes it makes sense to me i mean i again i you know just like everybody you know i sort of fell in love with the the spider-man they showed us in civil war in terms of again the quips were great for me um they worked um uh i like the Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right, though. The, the, the aw shucks, shucksiness, awesomeness of him will definitely wear thin if if it if that's sort of the main beat they're going to fucking play all the time with him, which would suck. And, yeah, and if the gag is that he's young so he doesn't remember movies like Empire Strikes Back, oh, so I'm gonna I, don't, off, I, don't, yeah. I don't know how long they can play that again. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. That can't be a... That, I was, it, that, was, that was borderline for me, uh, definitely. You know, it's it's... Also, just making in general making a Star Wars reference to sort of gain geek cred these days is is played out. Yeah. People like don't yeah, do it. It's, Stop. It's referencing weird. Making... Star Wars. Stop doing it. People in the Marvel universe watch Star Wars. It's just it just makes your head spin. Right. Well, there's that too. But also, it's just I think it's a played out yeah, trope it's, now. It's, it is too played out. It's a played out trope. And then, and again, but then there's that bit in the trailer where apparently with his friend he's making a Lego Death Star. So, 
So Okay, I can live with that if that's in the background, as long as there's not a whole scene about it. I can live with that, right? You know what I mean? Um, uh, you just can't have characters sit around talking about Star Star Wars anymore. Like you just can't do it, people, unless they're gonna they should make an obscure deep geek reference and then I'll let you, I'll let it fly. But otherwise sure. Stop it. Um, uh, stop it with the Star Wars reference. Okay, total different podcast. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I do want to mention just, and this is my first introduction to this because again, uh, you guys might, if you've been listening to the podcast the last couple of months, uh, you know my my strange deep now official, like I'm, I'm, I'm coming out of detox. I'm, I'm stopping playing Spider-Man Unlimited now. Um, I'm coming okay. out of that, that game finally. Um, uh, the love is wearing off. But this, it was my introduction to the Spider-Verse, and holy Jesus Christ, yeah. there's a lot of Spider-Men um, and women and Spider-Girls. Uh, strangely enough, no Spider-Boys, as far as I can tell. Um, uh, just out there, man. And I don't know, have you, you've been reading comics more, much more recently than I have. So uh, in the, now the Spider-Verse, um, is there uh, any other particular characters that are, like, really attracting your attention? People, that, you know, other... I don't even know. I can't even call them versions. Of yeah, Spider-Man. I mean they like, really whatever. Just other to spider the point characters. of ridiculousness. Yeah, it seems. And like it's always, it's you know, partly a case of marketing. I just want to be able to market more spider things. Um, but I mean, like, uh, I know I'm, I'm I'm very fond of all of them. I like their their silk. Uh, you know, a Korean American female version of Spider-Man. There's. Um, I like Anya Corazon. She was uh, huh. she was Spider Girl at one point, and then there are two Spider Girls, and then there was the one where all the Spider Women teamed up, and that's very excellent series. <laughs> I probably uh, mentioned on that. You mentioned that once. Uh, well, just yes, remind before, people because what's there's that even Spider Gwen, and um, right. Spider Gwen might be like it. It sounds like it's jumping a shark, and it is, but she has a really excellent costume, and why not? Yes. Uh, yeah, I know. I got. I have me some Spider Gwen and Spider Man Unlimited, and that hood. There, she's a she's a character that has a hood, and it fucking works. Like uh, this is oh, really so clever good. and smart, and the white and the blue is a beautiful. It's a, it's a beautiful piece of work. Yeah. Um. So you don't have a particular favorite new one outside of like Silk. Anybody? You're, uh, oh wait. First of oh, all, no, what I, was I, the name? First I, of all, what I, was I, the I what was the name of the comic with all the spider ladies in it? By the way, I think it was just called Spider Women, but. Ah, well, there you go. E M E N plural. I mean, there've been there've been many Spider Women's. Oh my God, there've been so many Spider Women's. Yes, this was this was their big team up, and it had to be across universes because Spider Gwen is not really from this universe. I think. Right. Um, I mean, I think when you when you say that, like, it, uh, you know, like I don't I don't play favorites there, and I have to. Ah, Okay. It brings me back to the probably the central. Thing I like about Spider-Man, which is which is the mask. He wears he wears the whole mask, and he has the kind of um, uni- universal quality. He can be anyone. Yeah, this goes this goes across, you know, race and gender and all these things. Well, when when anyone puts on a spider costume, they just become uh, that you know that's their face. That's the, oh, okay. the yeah. they, He's they, they have they have they yeah, have no Spider-Man. social cultural place in the world. They're they're just a, a spider person, and they can say it for anyone. And of course, now there are many spider people of color. And there's an Indian guy who's Spider Man. There's well, so so many versions of this. And and to me, they all are Spider Man or Spider Woman. Okay. You, you know, cool, nice. No, that's that's cool. And again, it's like 
Yeah, I mean, of course, there's been many Batman, there's been many Superman as well, but I think that that is that is a point. The full mask, you know, makes there's something really special about it that that uh, that you know anybody. Yeah, you can be under that mask, uh, and there's you know we can all be Spider-Man if we reach deep enough down into our souls. Um, uh, I think that's a good point. And again, for me, the character represents so much about. Um, yeah, it's so many things. Being an outsider, but still having hope, still having humor, being smart, being smart, you know, is huge to that character. Um, and 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 doing well, right? And being responsible, like I, as irresponsible, fucking responsible of a crazy artist as I am in my life, like there, there's still such a core of responsibility that I admire and want to have and want to be like. And yeah, I trace that directly to Spider-Man and, and, and weird versions of Wolverine as well, uh, particularly dad Wolverine with Kitty Pride. Um, but, um, you know, it definitely comes from Spider-Man, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. You know, that may have entered the popular culture's minds, you know, with the, with the Sam Raimi movies. But for those of us that read those mm. comics, we knew it already. We were quoting that shit along with it, like, right away. I mean, you know, it's, it was in some of the TV shows and stuff like that. But it was, you know, that was such a core of the, of that character. I mean, such a, and such a beautiful turn of phrase, by the way. Such a wonderful, iconic, yeah. fucking constructed sentence. Like, say what you want about Stan yeah. Lee uh, and, that, and the whole... Stan Marvel Lee. Open, but that Steve particular Ditko. thing. Steve Ditko. That thing is fucking... That is Knocking out it out of the park. Yeah, that's out yeah. of the park, crazy, like, stand the test of time, beautiful poetry. Yeah. Um, so... And it's also... I think it's also worth mentioning in a lot of ways Spider-Man set the Marvel template for... Um, what they do, and some people ask, like, well, what's the big difference of Marvel and DC, or what's the thing that Marvel's particularly doing? Mm. And all those aspects, the outsider being a person who actually has some real-world rent problems and lives in an actual city, and mm. um, has a, a, a rather ab absurd set of abilities rather than the <laughs> overpowering one. Right. Um, all those go into... Um, the feeling of the Marvel universe and uh, right. you, you just couldn't have it without Spider-Man. Yeah. And so much so that he is the face of Marvel comics, right? And yeah. became a trademark and a symbol, yeah. rightly so. The, yeah. The guy with no face. Yeah. It's, it's I, that's, that's what, that's what I like about it too. Yeah. Um, no, I think that's a perfect place to end on. That's awesome. Well, um, well I, if we're doing closing thoughts, I do. Okay, please so what, throw it in there. If I, if I, I wanted to uh, read a quote from someone because, you know, I mean, so sometimes sometimes we cite things very messily here. But yes. I actually wanted to read something said by uh, Walter Mosley. Did you ever read this article? Walter Mosley? No, uh, no I Walter, so. Walter Mosley is an African-American writer that specializes in uh, crime and detective novels. He wrote um, Devil in a Blue Dress, which became oh. a pretty cool yeah. movie, among other things. He's, he's a Excellent guy, very witty himself. Anyway, he at one point said this about Spider-Man. All right, lay it on us. The, fir the first black superhero is Spider-Man. He lives in a one-parent house. It's not even a parent, it's an aunt. He has all of his power, but every time he uses it, it turns against him. People are afraid of him, the police are after him. The only way he can get a job is by taking pictures of himself that are used against him in public. J. Jonah Jameson says to uh, Peter Parker, go out and take a picture that shows, uh, that shows him with his hand in the cookie jar that shows him stealing and being a villain. That's a black hero right there. Of course, he's actually a white guy. But black people reading Spider-Man are like, yeah, I get that. I identify with this character here. Uh, end quote. And again, of course, nice. sorry, we're not saying Spider-Man is a black guy. Mm -hmm. Walt Mosley wasn't saying that. 
but he's also not not a black guy and that's yeah. very significant that's a great yeah no, <laughs> when he's got that costume on you don't know man yeah that's a very good point yeah no I, uh that's awesome that is and fuck yeah hey there you go there's a real writer ending us with some real thoughts uh very cool ladies and gentlemen you've done it you spent another hour with us we appreciate it we appreciate you we appreciate your time and uh uh and we love you um as you know Indeed. uh we uh Shit, I don't even. I'm not gonna ruin any. I'm not even gonna ruin that with what we're we're doing. You know what we're doing. Listen to our other podcasts if you want to know. That's a perfect yeah. thought to end on from Mr. Walter Mosley. So we're gonna leave you with that um, this week. Uh, we're also gonna leave you in suspense about what our next week's uh, podcast is because we don't even know yet. Ha ha ha. Um, yeah. Sorry, life is crazy. Um, uh, and uh, Morrison is coming to the United States shores. So hopefully, maybe our next podcast. Dom and I will be in a room together, uh, which will be very yeah, exciting. We'll be cool. Look lovingly into our eyes, uh, each other's eyes, as we podcast about something very interesting. I am sure. Ladies and gentlemen, we love you. Comment, like, subscribe. As always, we have been elevating the genre. I have been Christopher, and that has been Dominic. Yes, and uh, with great power comes great responsibility. Bye. Thanks very much. Bye. Mom, my mom doesn't give a shit about Spider-Man.